normally I kind of talk you through an episode of the 19%. I clarify the narrative, I point out things I find interesting. I don't do that in the story you're about to hear. More than any other story we've ever recorded, it would have felt obtrusive. This story is so intensely personal and so well told that I feel like my voice would take away from the storyteller's experience. So, from URN, this is the fourth instalment in the 19% International Women's Day mini-series. I'm Anya Lawrence. YouGov found that 19% of people would use the word feminist as an insult. We think the 19% are wrong. Feminism isn't an insult, it's a necessity and a movement to be proud of. And we're here to tell you why. This is Ella's story. See you on the other side. This happened at a house party um, which was organised to celebrate the end of this massive project that I'd done um, with a society at uh, the university. So the project was like, it took up a lot of my time. You know, it was one of those things where you had to sacrifice what you're doing on your course and not go out and things like that. So this party was just a real celebration of our achievements and also just, you know, relax and finally, you know, have fun and things like that. Um, so I arrived at my friend's house who was hosting the party about 11ish and just thought I'm just gonna have fun with my friends tonight and you know just chat to people but I didn't have any intention of you know seeing anyone or anything it was just really just to hang out with my friends um, and I yeah because it was the end of the project I just thought you know I'm gonna have a bit more to drink than I normally do I don't drink that much but I just thought I might you know just have a relax a bit and almost kind of compensate for not going out um, and probably like a couple of hours later I thought actually this is so not what I do um, so I was asking my housemate you know can you get me some toast and water just to to sober me up because I just I just don't like drinking that much um, so I had that that was an interesting thing having toast at a house party but fair enough um, and about two-ish um, this guy turned up called Henry um, I knew him from the project very briefly like we didn't work like as such together but we kind of just part of this massive project and we had some friends in common kind of thing so I, I knew of him but had never actually talked to him before um, so we were talking just like in a friendly manner in the kitchen just you know like the usual uni talk like what course do you do what hall were you in like nothing serious it was just kind of polite conversation kind of thing um, and during the uh, yeah, during the chat, he just sort of pulled out this massive bag of alcohol that he bought with him. And he just, he like, some of it was like mixes, like in like various bottles, and some of it was just like well known brand kind of thing. Um, and he said, you know, do you want a drink? And at first I said no, because obviously I drank a bit beforehand and ended up having the toast and things like that to try and sober up. But he was just like, you know, come on, it's the end of the project, you know, stop being so boring and, you know, that kind of pressurising talk, sort of joking. And I think because I'm still quite insecure, I'd say, in like social situations, 
I gave in to that pressure um, and took a, a drink that he had from his bag. Um, and I think probably at that moment, he realised I was probably an easy target. So the party continued and I just kind of drank more because, yeah, as he said, you know, it's the end of the project, it's absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, we just kept sort of chatting and whatnot. Um, and he was kind of at some point, you know, leaning in as if he wanted to kiss me, but I'd be pulling back and things like that, you know, just kind of trying to keep these things professional and not like cause a scene, just, you know, just turn away a bit so I wasn't looking in a position to, you know, accept it. Um, and then, yeah, I just kept offering more drinks. And I'd say that after a while, maybe a couple of hours, his voice and his actions, like asking me to drink more, just became more violent and more more threatening. You know, at first it was just kind of, hey, do you want a drink kind of thing? And then it was more, you need to drink this, you really need to drink this. And I just kept giving into that pressure because I just, I just didn't know what to do in that situation. And it's kind of that image of him being threatening and, you know, just kind of, you know, because guys can be like taller than us and, you know, they, when they're over you and they're forcing you to drink, you just kind of, you feel, yeah, you feel so small and I just gave into that and that's, that's the last thing I remember of that night. Um, and it's the first and um, the last time that I've ever completely blanked out of a night, not remembered anything where I, how I got back or really just, yeah, what happened after that event. So uh, the next week I met up with two friends. Um, one of them was one that hosted the party and we were just talking about what happened in the night and I kind of almost remembered it as a positive night because apart from remembering this guy threatening me, I just remember, you know, being with people and whatnot. And um, as we were talking about the night, she, um, my friend who had the house said, oh, you know, when, when you left, um, which I was like, okay, fair enough, I left, um, he, he stayed behind, um, Henry stayed behind and refused to leave. And, it had, and he became very threatening and very violent and my boyfriend had to force him out of the house. And it was at that point that I just, in like a usual, in a usual friendly way, I just went, oh, that, that guy Henry, um, like I, he tried to kiss me at the party, just kind of like, almost like a gossipy thing, kind of like, oh, he just, he tried to kiss me. And then their faces got so serious and they said, I saw you get with him and, I, and we saw you all over the party and we saw you upstairs. And it was at that moment that I just realized I didn't remember the night at all. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so real. I think that everyone at the party just thought I was just another drunk girl just kissing another drunk guy and even when my friends saw it happen they just kind of did like dismissed it as just kind of typical behavior at a party kind of thing and I don't think they even 
thought about the word being spiked, the concept of it, because I think we always think of it being like a something that happens in a club when you leave your drink unattended, but not when it happens in your own friend's house at, at a house party or something like that. Um, and things actually got worse for me because a couple of weeks later, I met a guy at another party um, who said he was a housemate of the friend who'd hosted the party. So I introduced myself because I don't didn't remember him. Um, and in front of a group of people, he said he knew me already as Henry had asked in front of me if he could open his bedroom so we could have sex together. This was in front of a lot of people and they were laughing because they were like, oh, it's, you know, you know, it's just like uni people having sex kind of thing. But I, you know, I don't remember this at all. And I was just so embarrassed about the situation, but also so scared because I don't, I didn't remember it at all. And this person was just basically telling me what had happened and I just didn't know who he was and I didn't, I just didn't know anything. And I still, to this day, don't really know what happened. Um, because obviously I haven't talked to Henry about it and I only know about the things that people tell me about or what they saw or what comes out in situations like that. Um, and I don't really know, I don't even know if we had sex or not. I, like, I just still don't know. And um, I'm, I'm a virgin because like I just, I, I just not like a religious thing as such, but it's just like I just want to have sex for the first time with someone who's close to me. But then I'm not, I'm not actually sure if I am a virgin. Like I, I just don't know anymore. And maybe my first time was really actually with, with a guy I didn't know at a party forced himself on me. I just, I don't know. And I, it's, it's, it's the things that I have to continue think about. And it's not just the event, but what I feel like I have to live with because of it. As I said, I was in the society with Henry and we have friends in common, so it's, you know, I can't just escape it. It's not just a stranger, it's someone who is, is around, it's sort of not necessarily like in my house, present, um, like, well, in my close friendship group, he's still, he's still there. And I found out a couple of weeks ago that he lives a couple of doors down from me on, on just a usual student road, um, which just brought me back every time I see him leave the house or something it just reminds me of, of this massive thing that happened that I'm not really sure whether it's impacted his life or not really and when I see him walk out the house if I do I just I cross the road or I stop and things like that just so we don't have to he doesn't have to see me and I don't have to just think about it I can just cross the road and it's almost like the problem disappears because I'm not immediately faced with it. you know I could potentially in the future be put in a project with him and not you know just not know about it happening just be put together and I know that if that happened because it because this is so this is so hard for me I, I know I'd quit because I wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable being in a room with him again not just at another party but just actually live like working like looking at him like I see him from afar and it just makes me feel so sick because it's just there and it just like reminds me of what I'm what I remember of the, like the threatening and what what I 
but I don't know. Um, and it, it's weird how like I have to kind of quit what I want to do because of something that he did. Like he just, he wouldn't have be impacted by it because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have raised the alarm and said actually, well, I'm not going to be in a project with him because he did this. It's just, I just want to remove myself from the situation so that I don't have to deal with it. I'm graduating soon and I know that this event just won't, it just won't go away after I leave and after, after I see him again, you know. After I graduate, I won't see him again, hopefully. But it's still one of those things that I'm, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. The 19% is created and hosted by me, Anya Lawrence. The International Women's Day miniseries has been produced with help from James Goodison and Harry Bowflower. Iona Hampson designed our logo. Special thanks to Lucy Bickley, James Perkins, Ibitasum, Ahmed and all of our contributors throughout the series. You can find us on Twitter at The 19% and find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 19%. For the fifth and final episode of the International Women's Day mini-series, we're bringing you a story from the most extraordinary woman, the former Chief of Programme Planning for UNICEF Bangladesh. She's 79 years old now and has spent her entire life working as a women's rights activist. Next time on The 19%.